Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Galvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now hey this is liz this is heather this week we are back to talking about the dumpster fire that is 2020 Again. And it's not okay. We are not okay. We are not okay. All right, let's hit that music. Welcome back, folks. It has been a little while since we have gotten a chance to record. Um, I think it's only been, what, two weeks since we put out our last episode, but I think it's been about six weeks since we actually recorded. So, yeah. Um, So, yeah, this year is still just a big old fucking dumpster fire. And... We we talked about this a couple of months ago, like I think it was when the quarantine first started or maybe with, you know, very shortly before or right about that time when COVID was just kind of coming to light. But we thought it would be good here at the basically halfway mark of 2020 to talk about how things are still shitty and we are not okay. Yes, we are not okay. Now the... um. It's like we go look back at that original Dumpster Fire episode some four months ago, and I think, oh, weren't we young and naive then? <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> oh, like, you thought it was bad. <laughs> when the worst thing out there was, you know, Trump getting impeached but not removed from office, and then we got this little virus that was going to make us stay home from the grocery store, and there was no toilet paper. Yeah. Those those were good times. I finally got toilet paper. I did too. <laughs> all right. See, you see, all you hoarders have really screwed me up because I started to get scared. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't hoard toilet paper. Um, I get a big thing at Costco. Yeah. And then when that runs semi down, I go buy another big thing at Costco. I couldn't go to Costco for three months. Yeah, we buy the like... Um was it like the 18 or 24 mm-hmm. pack of the mega rolls at like HEB, like at the grocery store? They're like the four times the regular size. And that lasts us. There were only two butts here. So, I mean, that lasts us a good long while. But yeah, I started to get panicked and afraid. And it was one of those things that like, I think I went to the first like two weeks before they actually gave us the stay at home order when we were just kind of shelter in place, but not lockdown. I I think I went to the grocery store almost every day looking for toilet paper, and it took me about two weeks to actually find 
a like a pack of like shitty single ply or whatever it was. And I was like, okay, I'm good. Like, I was like, I, we still have not finished the original pack we had when we started the, the COVID stuff. Yeah, this so. is what happened, though, because it's like n- now it's not available for people that didn't hoard. By the way, hoarding is, uh, you know, this, if we have to go and get everything we can. You know, a lot of people, and did I talk about this in our last episode, live like paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, we cannot, do. Uh, yeah, you can't afford to drop $60 between toilet paper and paper towels mm-hmm. and Lysol in one um, sitting. So you get a piecemeal, you know, piece just a little bit at a time. Well, you took that option away from people. Well, it's such a privileged thing to hoard yeah. this shit. Like, again, like you said, not everybody can afford to do that. Most of the time, we can't afford to do that. Now, I will say that knock on every piece of fucking wood on the planet, we have done okay with the, okay, so, you know, backstory, Opera Man used to work for the opera, shocker there, Um, (laughs) but right at the beginning of February, he changed jobs, and now he's working for an IT group that does, um, I don't even know what you call it. Like they're when companies outsource their IT department, they go to this company that he works for, or a lot Mm -hmm. of people do. So he works for this company for a lot of smaller companies that don't have their own internal um, IT department. Yeah. And he started out like contract to hire and he actually got hired within two months, which was very nice. So like right in the middle of all this, he got a permanent job, which is fantastic. So, like, we just got information that, you know, the opera here just had to lay off a whole bunch of people and furlough some others and cut everyone else's salaries. They've canceled the, like, fall and winter um, shows for the remainder of this year, which he was actually really hoping for one of these shows uh, as an opera singer. So it's, a you know, so disappointing, but thank God he switched jobs, you know, yeah. like, like he, he might have still kept his job since he worked in a three person IT department, but they would have yeah, also like cut his pay significantly and, and God knows what else. So, I mean, you know, again, so far, thank God <laughs> things are happening yeah. and they like him and things have been really good. Also, you know, he has had to, like most people have been working from home. He has had to work both from home and in the office. So they've been just cycling through, you know, every, like he works Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday in the office, and then Thursday and Friday at home, just so they don't have as many people like sitting in their call center type office that he works in. Yeah. So, I mean, that's been nice. And then we've had some other like personal family stuff happen over the last couple months here. I'm going to talk about it in a few minutes that has allowed him to work from home exclusively for like two weeks, which was also very nice since we weren't at home and we had to be on the road. So, uh, yeah, this year's just, uh, is it over yet? Cause I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah, it's, it is, it is exhausting. Um, so we talked about, so, you know, periodically, by the way, so I have a ton of internet comments mm-hmm. that are specific to, like, the year 2020. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to, like, just throw them in this episode just Excellent. every time. So here's one, and I may have already said it, but it sounds really familiar. <laughs> so anyway, 
It's from at M. Nate Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Not M. Night Shyamalan? The... No, no, no. Okay. No. <laughs> Somebody else it's, pretending it's to M, be that It's guy. M. Nate uh, Shyamalan. Oh, got it. He's using his name as a play on words. Got it. Anyway, so he says, I can't go because of coronavirus. Sounds whiny, boring, and weak. But I've sworn an oath of solitude till the blight is purged from these lands. Sounds heroic, valiant. <laughs> they will assume you have a sword... And it's impossible to check if you really have a sword because of coronavirus. <laughs> I like it. I like it. So there you go. Yes. So again, this this episode is not going to be probably our uh, normal, light, fluffy, you know, mm. funny kind of fare. I mean, there's probably some of that because we're just hilarious, but... Uh, there's some serious shit that we need to cover in this episode. Yeah, it's hard to be funny right now. It's hard (sighs) to even, like, think funny because, like, everything that I think that makes me chuckle Mm -hmm. is sarcastic and terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, Today I said out loud to my husband, some of these motherfuckers should be happy as hell that we're telling them to wear a mask. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because they should be jumping at the chance. Mm Mm-hmm. I know. It's like, it's like, listen, if you don't want to wear your mask because I, I read this somewhere, it was cracked me up. If you don't want to wear your mask for the good of other people, just wear it because you're fucking ugly. Like, mm-hmm. like <laughs> Exactly. Actually, I, I will say, you know, I hate wearing a mask. I hate it. Uh, I have anxiety. I find that I am claustrophobic when I have shit on my face. But guess what? I still wear the fucking mask. My glasses fog up when I go into the store, but I still wear it because I'm a decent human being some of the time, but I still wear the damn mask. But what I will say, one benefit, like outside of the doing well for humanity and taking care of other people and shit uh, that I have found is that, and I think we may have mentioned this before, if you happen to miss a stray chin hair, (laughs) it's totally covered. It's fine. <laughs> it's been a benefit. <laughs> yeah, I, I've saved a lot of money on lipstick too, so there's right. that. There's no reason. There's no reason. Yeah, I don't go out much. I go out maybe one time a week, mm-hmm. and that's because my husband says I need to drive the car. So sometimes I'll go to Chick Fil A mm. or go to Canes, yeah. some kind of chicken sandwich fast food place. <laughs> yeah. Well. uh all right, so uh, we did miss a couple of things in uh, our last Dumpster Fire episode because there was just so much to talk about that was such bullshit that had already happened in like quarter one of this year that, you know, we're like, oh, and something else happened and now I can't remember what it was. Well, that something else was that Australia was on fire. Like oh, yeah. all of it. And so, it was terrible. Like how you did know. we forget that? That's like a major thing, but so many other crazy Ape shit things were going on that you missed that an entire fucking continent is on fire. I know, all the koalas. I know, so sad. And we have quite a few friends in Australia, like podcasting friends. And so I'm like checking in on them. I'm like, you still alive? Like, what's going on down there? So. Yeah, we haven't heard anything. Um, I assume that it's no longer on fire because it's winter now. I don't believe so. So shout out to our friends at Dem Fancy Dinosaurs uh, in Australia. And I think there's a couple others. For your reference, 
possibly. I don't know. There's several. Um, Sorry, we don't get international news anymore because (laughs) it's fucked up. I think we're being blocked from some of this. Like, I'm just not seeing it anymore. But there's so many other things just just chomping at the bit here. I heard about the Saharan dust storm that's going to end up in the United States. You know what? That that literally happens every year. It really does. does. Yes, that that is a thing that happens every year. And if you watch a lot of planet Earth, like I do, you will know that 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 windstorm from the Sahara that is bringing the dust with it is actually also like sparking life because it brings that sand to the ocean and somehow that feeds some shit that feeds some other shit that cr- causes life. I don't really remember. I heard that the dustier it is, the better it is for hurricanes because it somehow absorbs the moisture in the air. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure how it works. But again, this is not a... This is an annual thing. It happens all the time. So I am not worried about that. And let's face it, right now in Houston, it is like 7,000% humidity. It is so hot and so humid. I am walking outside and it's like suffocating. So maybe it's like sawdust that it just absorbs moisture and that will be better for us. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Question mark. So it couldn't get any worse. I'm just saying. (laughs) Really, yeah. I mean, you're not do. supposed to go outside anyway, so who cares if there's a bunch of dust out there? Yeah, I don't go out that. Much. I mean, I smoke, so I do go outside, but not all that often. Because maybe taking... we should get you a little face mask with like just a cigarette <laughs> hole in it. <laughs> cigarette hole, straw hole. Yeah, I've seen some of these people. I, who I really actually... want to get the straw hole because I'm like seriously considering wanting to try out a brewery or something. Mm. And I was like, how am I going to drink a beer? While wearing a face mask. And a straw yeah. would kind of resolve it, even though it doesn't really, it kind of ruins the taste of the beer, but it's fine. Yeah, I, I will anymore. say that. Just give me some beer. Texas, <laughs> te- I love Texas. I've lived here my entire life. I've never lived anywhere else. But we are kind of stupid when it comes to our leadership telling us things to do and the fact that we run out and do them. So basically May 1st, Texas is like, we're reopening all sorts of shit. And so everybody runs out and starts doing the things. And now we are we got an, uh, uh, an Amber Alert version of an emergency thing today that we have now been upgraded to red. Life is severe because of the COVID. The Texas Medical Center is at capacity for ICUs and all this other stuff. And I'm like, yeah, we're number one. Yeah, I'm in Orange County. They were kind of one of the first to shut down. Mm -hmm. And um, um, they still, they reopened semi and then they kind of are saying, you know what, maybe not. Uh, They reinforced the, the, um, face mask rule by the way what is the deal with people attacking people enforcing face mask laws i mean are stupid fuck off karen i know exactly it's like we've got much bigger issues than your freaking uh precious little face mask i'm so tired of hearing that you're violating my liberties by making me wear a mask that's unconstitutional but you're fine with putting kids in cages and bombing the shit out of it. Like, fuck off. You don't, and, you know. Uh, uh-uh. and, yeah, and police killing American citizens. Oh, yeah, totally like, all that's, right. That's fine with you. But God forbid we're asking you to wear a mask for the rest of society. But you know what? It's like, care. or they, stay home. Stay home. With no mask. You've been staying home with no mask all fucking day. And nobody cares. But if there, you're going to go like, out at HEB. Like, we went on Saturday to the grocery store. And, and 
granted, we went at like two o'clock in the afternoon, which is the worst time to go. It's like so terrible. I try to usually go during the week when a lot of people are not out, but we had to go. It was my niece's 13th birthday. Like we had to go out and do this stuff. There were so many people there. There was no social distancing. I was having a panic attack because I'm trying to go through the flipping store with a mask on. My glasses are fogged up and there are people like everywhere. I didn't, yeah, and no I masks. People don't know like, how to count to six foot. Yeah. So many people without masks on. Like 90% of the store had no masks. Now, as of a day or two ago, both uh, both of the major counties around where I live have now put a mask order in place, which why didn't they do that in freaking March? Oh, we've had a mask. We've had a mask order. Oh, people no, no. still don't wear it because the, no. the sheriff said, yeah, we're not going to enforce that. Yes, ours, ours said that too. But now they're like, mm. Now you can't go into the business and they're leaving it up to the businesses to enforce this. And you hear all these people who are like, oh, well, the police shouldn't deal with that. Businesses should. I'm like, yeah, but then you're attacking them and you're shooting them and you're hurting people who are like, don't come into my business without a fucking mask on. Be a normal human. Exactly. I mean, if we're... All of this this whole thing makes me very angry. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the thing. This is why 2020 is such a dumpster fire. Number one, we saw that it requires absolutely nothing to collapse the economy for anybody that's um, working middle class or um, or working poor. These are are billionaires who are like, sorry, I'm gonna have to shut my whole business down because we didn't have work for three days. Like, um, yeah. What? Exactly. So you know, they're fine, yeah. but the, all of the workers are completely screwed. Totally so screwed. this 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 is a fair society. We're learning that um, white people can march on state capitals with guns, demanding that they don't have to wear face mask. Uh, I while, want a haircut. Um, yeah, while um, you know, black American citizens are being killed for nothing, walking down the street, minding their own business, standing in their own front yard. Oh yeah. Well, half the Whatever. time it's like you matched the, the description. Okay. Well, that's good. Therefore, they deserve to die because you matched a description. Well, but, of but here's the deal: the police don't have the right to fucking kill people, even if no. they're guilty of shit. That's even not Batman how this doesn't works. do that shit. Right? It's yeah. Like, I was thinking about that the other day. Well, like, yeah. It's like Batman is morally wrong most of the time but he yeah. knows hey you don't just kill people you know yeah. and i love and i love all these people who are like oh so and so had drugs in their system and therefore they deserve so, to die that's what you just what? said but here's yeah. the deal we have a judicial system for that and the the punishment for drugs in your system is not instant death you know on camera and, and it, yeah but if you but if you're white it's probation yeah or if you're if you are in fact police murdering people in broad fucking daylight, it's, it's not nothing. even losing your job or going or to pension. jail. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah. Oh, I was just reading about this poor little what's his name? The little Elijah little twelve, fourteen year old boy, whatever he was. Oh <laughs> why? Oh, I know, I can't. That it, it's just too hard. Now, so that does remind me of something. And um one of um uh one of my friends posted on their wall. Um, it was actually just they regrammed or whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, something from Instagram from therapy is my jam. And I thought it made me feel a little better because it was we're kind of already in this anxious area. Mm-hmm. We don't know what to do. Right. No. And 
you're seeing people dying and it's really, really hard uh, to watch. So um, they talked about coping with these racial events. And it's, it's okay to not watch the videos if you don't want to, because I it's can't hard to watch. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and surround yourself with people who understand how you feel and can validate your emotions. So to, to keep your own mental health at stake, it's not time to go into an argument with people. You got to just lead with your actions and I mean, you're not going to convince people that they're uh, no. that they're part of a systematically racist system. They don't believe it. They think that because they worked hard, they are not racist, right. and that's not the case. Um, we, you know, I I'm a white girl, grew up mm-hmm. in the suburbs. I benefited from uh, systematic racism my whole life. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand it for right. some years, yeah. you know, but um, it's just there's advantages that we have had if. If my skin color was not a disadvantage, then you've had privilege. Mm-hmm. Well, I think there's a there's a huge misconception out there also, or at least people are trying to use this as an example of how they're not a racist um, because I didn't have money growing up. I was poor. We struggled. But your struggle is not the same, Karen. Mm-hmm. My struggle it's is worse. not the same. Like, I didn't grow up poor, but I've mm-hmm. been poor my adult yeah. life. Like, like, I've struggled, but... But I didn't struggle because the color of my skin. I haven't been followed around a store and and just immediately distrusted because I, you know, I had darker skin or whatever. Like, that's never been a thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I don't, yeah. I, obviously, I'm a privileged white girl. That's That's a thing. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that I'm also not incredibly sympathetic to the cause and want to do everything I can. And a lot of times have no idea how to do that. Effectively. Oh, yeah. and, I, and I think that, I think that that's where we're all at. And, um, and you know, for all of our, uh, you know, other listeners that may um, kind of be in the same situation, it's not time to reach out and ask a person of color, right. What you should be doing. They'll tell you, if you need to know, but you're putting an obligation on them right. to resolve some of the, your feelings. And you know, there's, there's, and I've seen a lot of articles and it's been very helpful. They tell you like what to watch on Netflix and things like that, but, and, um, to kind of, um, teach yourself. And, and I, and I really, really appreciate that. Um, there were a lot of, um, things that I hadn't seen on Netflix yet. And a lot of things that I tried to watch on Netflix in the gym, and there was so much sex in it. And this is uh, <laughs> right. <You're> like, uh, <laughs> that I was like, um, yeah, I probably shouldn't be watching this at the gym because all these other people are like, hey, what's that lady <laughs> Why watching? Are you watching? I'm like, porn? I am watching a lot of sex on this video. Anyway, that was that's beside the point. But I, that was one of them. I was like, oh yeah, I can't watch that. Not in the gym. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I learned that the hard way. Um, that was uh, Dear White People on Netflix, which is really good, but. A lot of sex in it. Just, mm. a, just a word of warning if you watch stuff <laughs> on a treadmill with people around. Right. Um, but, um, you know, uh, anyway, just as you can do something, do something. But, mm. you know, getting on a fi- in a fight on the Internet is not worth it. It's not worth your emotional strain. Right now, everybody is already on edge. And these terrible things that keep happening add to the, um, that being on edge. And so... If you feel emotionally able to uh, educate yourself, do so. 
I have to space this out um, right now, and I it's not fair that I um, that I'm so late in the game on a lot of these. Um, but uh, you you're allowed to kind of heal and take in the information that you're getting and try to understand it and how you're going to be better from it. Um, so I I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want people to feel like they're bad human beings for feeling bad and not being able to maybe go out there and march out there because they're, you know, getting semi agoraphobic because um, Mm -hmm. of all of the other assholes out there. Or, you know, like me, I couldn't go out because my dad uh, is, um, is in the high, what's the word? The high, yeah, the high risk category. Mm -hmm. And I was going to see him. So I couldn't go out. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, I've been quarantining on top of the quarantine, like no groceries, no leaving the house, that type of thing, just so that I could see my dad. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I, I, I couldn't go. So, you know, unless you count the honk the horn as you drive by, which doesn't do much. Right. Grand scheme of things. Well, like, I, hey. I think it's important to, you know, be an ally, to stand up to things when you see them. Yeah. But it's not your time to... You know, and that's the thing, like, like you and I participated, our friends at Cult 45 decided to set up a podcast blackout mm-hmm. back in. It's been a while now. It's been a couple of weeks. Uh, and, you know, for, for one week to just literally do nothing but, you know, recite the names of people who have been murdered by the police and that kind of thing. And we, we participated in that. And it was, you know, ours, again, was very short. It's like, I can't begin to really... And one, I was, I was also away from you, you you did that. Yeah. I didn't have the ability to record. I didn't, I was in a place that didn't have internet and I, I was also just in a very, very bad place. And I've been in, here's the deal. I am not okay. And I have just come to realize this. So Mm -hmm. let me give you guys a little backstory on what's been going on with me. Uh, I actually thought I was doing really well. For the most part, at least through like April and uh, March and April, I have anxiety and I was very worried that this was going to trigger something and I was going to end up getting sick. And a lot of times when I get sick, I get in the hospital and nobody wants to be in the hospital right now because COVID and everything's just a mess. And again, as I mentioned, when Opera Man switched jobs, we had an insurance thing switching around. So I didn't have any and I still don't. uh, So that's fun. And, you know, and it's just, there's just been a lot of stuff, but I was doing really well. I thought I was doing very well with my anxiety. I started to realize that my depression was getting kind of bad. Um, I wasn't like crying or any of that. I was just like dead inside all mm-hmm. the time, uh, doing nothing. Like I've, I've read, I just hit my 2020 reading goal. If that tells you where I am right now. Uh, I've read 120 books as of this recording and, most of that has been since March because that's, you know, I've had time mm-hmm. and depression to deal with. So I thought I was doing well. But pretty much about halfway through March, um, my father-in-law wasn't doing well. So they they basically around mid-April moved him to at-home hospice care, right? He was 87. So we were very upset about this, obviously, because we're in the middle of a lockdown. We could not risk going up there to possibly, I mean, we were doing everything we could to protect ourselves, 
but we're not going to risk them. You know, my in-laws are, mm-hmm. are elderly. They don't need us risking their health because we have, again, some kind of guilt and shame that these people, you know, that they're going through this and we can't be there with them. So when they kind of opened things up at the beginning of May, we decided, okay, listen, if we don't go up there, we're going to miss him. Like we're, he's going to die and we're not going to get to see him. And we want to, we want to let him know that we love him. We want to help our, you know, want to help my mother-in-law make sure that she's okay because she's dealing with all of this stuff alone and on, I mean, she has people coming in, but for the most part on her own. And in the middle of nowhere. And in the middle of nowhere and, you know, all of this stuff. So we went up and, um, you know, that was nice. It was fine. It was okay. And so we came back and things started getting worse and we kept hearing like, oh, it's going to be any day now or it's going to be within a couple of weeks, not months. And, you know, because at first when they put him in, they're like, oh, well, he can always come out of it. He's not coming out of it. I mean, it's hospice. Mm-hmm. Come on. Yeah. Let's not give anybody unrealistic expectations. So basically, by the time Memorial Day weekend came around, we're like, okay, we need to go back because we just got the word that it's going to be weeks at most. We have a three-day weekend coming up. So let's let's go. And, you know, my podcast production job outside of what we do here, you know, I have two other shows that I help produce. Those have gone on hiatus. So I don't have a lot going on a lot of the time. So when we were up there, I had, I told my mother-in-law, I was like, listen, if you'd like me to stay for the week, Paul has to go back home so that he can go back to work. But if you want me to stay up here with you and try to help you get ducks in a row or, you know, just have company, whatever it is, I'm happy to stay. Like, that's fine. And she was like, yes, please. So, so I stayed for a week. All right. So guys, we're going to, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, if you notice that we have cut out rather abruptly, uh, while recording, there was a small incident with a spider. And if you'd like to hear that small incident with the spider, stick around past the outro music and you will, uh, you can hear more of that. It was, it was bad. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey everybody, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is Everything Everything I Learned from from Movies. And tonight. Tonight. Like every night, we bring (laughs) you questionable movies and pass the lessons that we've learned on to you. As well as we go over some great beer and funny third thing. Yes, we're excellent beer reviewers. And as BJCP certified beer judges, we sort of know what we're talking about in regards to that. The movies? <laughs> so if you want to hear us talk about uh, odd movies and uh, is he talking about BJing, uh, listen to us at eilfm.podbean.com. That's everything I learned from movies.podbean.com. Hey, honey, are you ready to pop that top? Woo, my top. Hey, do you like movies? Hey, do you like podcasts? If you do, then come on down and listen to the Home Video Hustle podcast, homie. Hustle, hustle. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? 
Well, every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I pick a bunch of movies at random. Sometimes there's a theme to it, sometimes not. PJ picks the movie out, and guess what? We watch it on Friday. We talk about it for about maybe an hour, hour and a half, whatever we feel like doing. Might give you something good to watch, baby. Come on down every Friday. So come get your hustle on with Home Video Hustle. You can find the show on any podcatcher app, or you can come down to homevideohustle.popbean.com. All of them in one place for you, so you can go ahead and binge it like it's Netflix. We ain't the defenders, yeah. but I like to think we a little bit better than that. <laughs> come out at your boys, man. Come chill with us. Peace. Peace. Okay, yeah, so they so you so you decided to stay up in Wimberley. I did. I decided to stay in Wimberley and this is right when the um the podcast blackout was happening. And again, I'm out in the sticks, have shit access to internet, so I wasn't gonna be able to record anything. Thankfully you took care of that and you did a beautiful job, by the way. Not sure if I told you that. Amazing job. And then um the the following weekend, Paul came back up in an attempt to uh extricate me from his mother's house. And so we went back home on Sunday night, as you do. And basically, so we got home late Sunday night. Friday morning at 4.30 in the morning, I get the phone call that he's my father-in-law has passed away. So by 6 a.m., we were in the car and heading back up there. Yeah. So this is Friday. The next day, I got sick. And I was just sick the whole day. And then I felt better, which was fine. The next day was like a Sunday. And like Paul and his siblings and his mom, they went to go eat or I don't know if they've opened restaurants. So they went to go eat somewhere. I'm not sure. And I was like, I'm, I'm still tired from yesterday. I'm just going to stay here and try to nap. But our air conditioning went out. So that was awful because it's Texas. Yeah. And it's 127 mm-hmm. degrees outside. So by the time Paul got back, I was in like physical crisis just because I'm so hot. I'm dehydrated because I was sick the whole day before. So he takes me to a hotel. Like we actually went, we never pay for hotels because we're cheap bastards. But he's like, listen, let's go find a place that's close by and cheap. And, you know, just somewhere that has air conditioning until she can get the AC working again. Like, okay, fine. So we went to the hotel, we passed out, spent the night, it was fine. Went back the next day, and I'm just like, something's wrong. I'm not sure what's wrong, but something is wrong. And then I realized I'd lost like 18 pounds in two days, mm-hmm. which is not good. Yeah, no, not, no. That's not healthy at all. I mean, as great as it sounds on paper, it's uh, it's really bad. Yeah. So I finally told Paul, I was like, I think we need to... As much as I don't want to, because I don't have health insurance, uh, <laughs> I think we need to go to the hospital. And yeah. uh, I've been to this one hospital before, a couple of years ago, and uh, I don't remember much uh, after we kind of got there. And now, here's the deal. When you're in the hospital, you have to wear a mask the whole time. whole time mm. I'm in the emergency room, like in a room, I still have to be wearing a mask. So that sucked, uh, especially when you can't breathe very well and you're kind of half passed out. And... Uh, I don't, like I said, I don't remember a lot. I heard them say something about ICU and insulin drip and just kind of mm. not, not paying. Mm. I can't function. Yeah. My brain's not working, right? I just cannot even comprehend what's happening. This is Monday, by the way. Mm. So I guess they wheel me off to wherever and they gave me the good pain medicine. So I finally 
went to sleep. And when I woke up, it was Thursday. Wow. I don't, again, don't have any idea what's going on. I wake up and I'm asking Paul, I was like, is it Tuesday yet? And he's like, um, it's Thursday. <laughs> like, I've been working from the hospital the last two days. And uh, yeah, you, um, you almost died. I was like, oh uh, my God. What? Like, again, hospitals are not unusual for me. ICU, more so. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not usually a thing. And uh, I, I ended up going into diabetic ketoacidosis, which is life-threatening, and it is a medical mm-hmm. emergency, and it is not fun. Um, they have to do – they have to put you in ICU to do an insulin drip. It's not something they can do, like, in a regular room. And that was um, – that, <laughs> that was like, oh, well, that's – terrible so by the time I wake up they're like okay we'll try to eat something because you haven't eaten in five days so you know yeah I hadn't eaten since Friday like because I got sick and then all this other stuff I just wasn't eating and so I was like yeah I'm kind of (laughs) hungry lost like 20 pounds I'm kind of hungry yeah and uh then you know they moved me to a room they're like oh well we're gonna bring in a nutritionist to talk to you about whatever and I'm like okay yeah sure that sounds great let's do that and um so Friday morning, we leave. Like, they just they discharged me from the hospital. And, like, we immediately went to HEB. Or, like, like, picking up stuff on the way home from the hospital or whatever. And I don't think anything about this because this is my life. This is what happens. Yeah. Like, I get sick. I get real sick. I've been in the hospital, whatever it is. And I just come home and start doing stuff, right? I just yeah. go back to work or I immediately have to do laundry or I just I just go back to – to life mm-hmm. as it is. And I'm and I started thinking about this. And I was like, you know, I don't think normal people do that. Like I've talked to people who are in the hospital and they come home from just a regular hospital and they're like a week in bed resting. Yeah. Before yeah. they go back to work or they do whatever. And I'm like, I never do that. This shit has been going on for like 17 years. Like I've had these these bouts and whatever this stuff has happened for not the same stuff, but whatever. I've never done that. I like have this intense guilt about being down or not being at work or not doing things that I'm supposed to do. And I, and I just, it just kind of dawned on me because I said something to somebody, maybe it was you. I'm not really sure who it was. I was talking to somebody and I said, I almost died this week, but I'm okay. Yeah. And then I was like, that is fucked yeah. up. Exactly. And then I was like, that is so fucked up. And I started thinking about it. I was like, this is my all the time. I'm always like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's okay. It's okay. I had a heart attack seven yeah. days before Paul and I got married. Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> and then you just got married. I got married. Like, I just like, I I, wa- I am the only person alive who walks out of an ICU. They don't even know how to deal with me because they've never done discharge paperwork ever. Because nobody mm-hmm. walks out of an ICU except me. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm okay. I would have walked out of this ICU, except I decided to stay overnight so I could talk to the nutritionist in the morning. Like, who, like, this is so fucked up. And I, and I really, like, that just, I let that marinate, right? Like, I really let this sink in. And I was like, I am not okay. Yeah. Like, I've been so, so many years just telling people, I'm okay. I'm fine. Don't, don't worry about me because I'm worried that like, because here's the deal. When you're sick a lot and those are my friends who have chronic illnesses, they all know this. 
people who, especially if you have an invisible illness, right? Mm -hmm. Something, it's not cancer, it's not a broken leg, it's not something people can see, right? It's something going on, nobody can see. You look fine. I get this all the time, but you don't look sick. I'm like, fuck you, I'm sick. But if you have this, this, this internal thing happening, this invisible illness, and it's chronic, people, when you get sick for the first time, people are incredibly concerned, right? Very worried. They send flowers. They try to come to the hospital. Don't do that, by the way. Don't go to the hospital. Just leave people alone. Nobody wants to entertain you while they're at the hospital. Yeah. It's like the worst. I'm like, just I just pretend to sleep. When people show up, I'm like, I'm just going to pretend I'm asleep because I can't deal with it. I don't want to deal with it. Yeah. But it's like, you know, they're very concerned. They call. They're worried. Oh, my God. Are you okay? What can I do? Blah, blah. But the longer you're sick and the more they don't understand why you're still sick, because people just expect you to get better, right? Whatever it is. They expect you'll get better. And when you don't, they become incredibly annoyed that you are still sick. And it's somehow putting them out to have to even think about it. And so you, again, you learn to just downplay it because it's somehow annoying to other people. So you're just like, I'm okay. I'm fine. Totally okay. Don't worry about it. I mean, yeah, I lost a leg last week. It's fine. Uh, don't, don't even worry. I mean, I almost died. It's cool. Whatever. Like, isn't that like Tuesday? It's fine. And I, and I really just stopped to like sit and think with this. And I was like, I am not okay. Like, this mm-hmm. is, that is, I like woke Paul up like four o'clock in the morning with this. I was like, I am not okay. He's like, do you need to go back to the hospital? I was like, don't know. I mean, like, I'm I'm fucked up. Like, this shit is, I think it just went on for like two hours. I guess I am fucked up. This is not okay. And then I'm like, I've also thought of a new book that's called I Almost Died Last Week, and I'm okay, but that's fucked up. <laughs> so somebody, she's like, you're great with titles. I'm like, I know. So I was like, this is just, ugh. And so all of this is happening with me. Again, my father-in-law died on Friday. I'm, you know, half dead by Monday. Nobody's had time to process anything. We're just Mm-mm. miserable everywhere. There's protests going on, which is great. We need to be protesting this shit effectively, healthily. Then mm-hmm. there's riots going on. And then we see that there's, like, fake riots going on. Like, people who... And then- yeah. Our cops or, you know, whatever. Like there's weird shit happening that's like, yeah. is this I, real life? Like I, what yeah. is happening? This country has just gone bananas. Yeah. yeah we, oh, by the way, yeah. So, while all that was happening, yeah, we added a civil war. And- yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I was, like, um, I was like, you know, here's the deal. It sounds amazing that I wish I would have lived through this historical time. But if we could not do them all in one week, that'd be awesome. <laughs> Because I'm like, and they're like, oh yeah. my God, we're going to tear down these monuments. I'm like, yeah, tear them down. Why are they there? No they, other I country know. has a monument to a side that lost. Like, that's and not a they thing. don't put them up a hundred years after the war because somebody got uppity. And I'm using uh, right. their quotes, not mine. You know, <laughs> Although uh, they're like, oh my God, I got to have this bag. I'm like, okay, the Confederacy was four years. Four, yeah. maybe five. But again, but that's not your heritage. Like K-pop has been more popular than five years. Like yeah. seriously, 
And by the and way, new kids on the block. If we're just going to throw it out there, <laughs> yes. <laughs> new Don't kids take on the away block. my heritage. Heritage. I've been thinking that since is, the nineties. <laughs> that is my heritage, right there. <laughs> that was my very first concert I ever went to. That wasn't a rodeo. Oh. Oh, that's awesome. You know what, though, you know what, you're, you're, you're talking about this fatigue that, mm-hmm. that, um, people, are, you know, are kind of pushing on you for their illness. You know, you're sick and they're like, oh my God, are you still sick? That's kind of what society has been doing too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. We've been going, oh my God, you're still upset about that. We just happened to kill you. You, you are know? still like, upset it, about the Civil War. It happened so long ago. Let me fly my Confederate flag. I'm like, uh, yeah, I'm things just, haven't I'm changed. Sad. They haven't changed mm-hmm. that much. And, and and it's ridiculous. Like I was actually thinking about this because um last week or the week before was the anniversary of shit, what is it? It's the Love Act, is that what it was? Mm-hmm. Where interracial couples could finally marry. Right? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, you think about these things, you think about these historical things, the Civil Rights Act, you think about this stuff as history, right? So long ago, I'm almost 44 years old, right? Yeah. This shit happened 12 years before I was born. And it's like, crazy. uh, what? Like, yeah, (laughs) what? Seriously? Like that law couldn't even drive by the time I was born. It's not ancient history. Like all these people, you know. Are the same, you know, they're all the same age as Barbara Walters. This is not, I mean, most of these people mm-hmm. who were doing this shit, like there's one about the, all the white chicks standing and screaming at Ruby Bridges or whatever with the school integrations. It's like, ah, I'm like, shut up, Karen. Mm-hmm. They're all like in their sixties. They're not yeah. old and dead. You know what I'm saying? Like, exactly. They're, they're I mean, yeah, they, it's, it's crazy to me that these things have, happened so recently because mm-hmm. yes you know the 13th amendment was passed so long ago but p there was not really freedom no to vote no and not and and, and even and when and it, when it was demanded they're like okay you get a vote but we're gonna put up this big, big thing of robert e lee because mm-hmm. you know what fuck you yeah or um, again we're going to we're gonna stab you if you come to vote or you have mm-hmm. to pay to vote or oh yeah <laughs> wait a minute we gave the vote to black men but sorry women you still can't vote for another 30 years <laughs> what I, <It's> like, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean just, it's ugh. I, does it make America great again it's like when exactly were we great can you no. I mean we talked about it a lot we said it a lot we believed it. I grew up believing that we were great all the time. Mm-hmm. And and now I'm like, you know, I, I'm a person who cries at the national anthem. Like, I, you know, mm-hmm. there's just things that I was like, I always felt this this pride in my country and stuff. But it, when you really start thinking about it, what is so fucking great? Like, we yeah, are terrible we'll talk people. about it more when we do our, our Hamilton review. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So... That's coming soon, folks. Stay tuned. Yeah, so we are going to be reviewing Hamilton, so make sure to watch it on July 3rd. And um, think about our founding fathers a little bit uh, as the 4th of July rolls around. And, um, yeah, they yeah. There were problematic things with our there's problematic things with our country and we're just like not acknowledging it. Just like Liz is not acknowledging that she's not okay. Yeah. We are not okay either. Well, here's you know. the, here's the funny thing. So I I've spent what's it been? A week and a half, 
it's almost two weeks since I've since I got out of the hospital. I think it's been I right barely at two even weeks. talked to you. I yeah. know. It's like I think it's been now two weeks or a week. I don't yeah. know, week and a half, whatever it's been. And I've I've really been sitting and marinating in this I'm not okay thing that I've never really admitted. Because if you admit that, it's like admitting weakness, right? Like I don't do that. I'm a I'm a competitive mm-hmm. person. I'm a strong person. Like I don't I don't admit weaknesses. But I was like, you know what? I'm not okay at all. I'm not even a little bit okay. And you know what? I'm not going to apologize for the fact that I'm not okay. I'm going to sit in it and I'm going to think about this. And the weird thing is, since I did that and since I've opened myself up to this thought that I'm not okay, I don't have to be okay, this shit is fucked up and it's not okay, it's weird it's uncomfortable. It hurts. It's not good. Since that, I have been like weirdly productive. Hmm. And I found this quote the other day and I posted it on our Instagram and it's, and it was from John Steinbeck from East of Eden. Eden. Mm -hmm. And it said, now that you don't have to be perfect, you can be good. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit. Actually, I will say, I found that quote because the fifth season of Queer Eye came out and I was binging it and it was on there. <laughs> and I looked it up and I was like, all right, here's where it comes from. But it it just like resonated with me so hard that I was yeah. like, oh my God, that's my problem is I, I try to live in this world of perfection or perceived perfection or at least, you know, not showing that sign of weakness. And once that falls away – it gives you the opportunity to like do some stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. I finally got our our new merch store opened. Like I've been literally sitting on that for six weeks. Like I can't, I just can't, I can't. Like I was just blocked. Like I can't do yeah. it. I don't have the time. I don't have the. I have plenty of time. I got time coming out my butt. But it's like I just, I just couldn't do it. There was nothing I could do about it. I'm just stuck. And then it was like, oh. Okay. Whew. Like, okay, and breathe. I got the new merch soap. All right. So if you're interested in checking out our new merch store, because it's not only our designs, there's other cool designs on there as well. It is nerdybitches.com slash store. You can go check out our storefront. We've got some sales coming up. Check it out. You can get your own Nerdy Bitches t-shirt. You can get an official Nerdy Bitches t-shirt. You can get a Nerdy Bitches book club t-shirt. And I have more designs coming soon. So keep checking back. It's awesome. So anyway, yep, I'm excited. that is what's yeah. going on with me. I, and by the way, I basically ended up spending all but four days of a month at my mother-in-law's house with all yeah. of this stuff happening. So, so if you're wondering why we haven't recorded in a while, it's because I was in space. There's just yeah. like literally nowhere. Yeah, because the the most recent podcast episode that came out, we actually recorded um, before the podcast blackout. And so then we mm-hmm. did the podcast blackout and it came out. So it d- may not feel as big of a gap, but it's been a long time. That was um, the other thing, though. It kind of felt weird after such a somber episode or, you know, the somber week of all of this stuff happening to then put out 80 90s life hacks like i don't think people people don't binge us right <laughs> they don't, don't listen to us back to back i don't back. i don't think so i maybe maybe not but it just it just felt weird to come back with something very light and jaunty with all this heavy stuff that's going on it did and you know and we did the podcast back out fairly early 
mm-hmm. in um I think we were the first the, actually. Yeah, we and and so then and after that there were more and more protests and there was mm-hmm. more and more coverage and there was more and more uh things that we were hearing. And so we um so then when we came out with 90s life hack put that up there it was like right in the midst of everything. I, I was like, yeah, it's okay. like 120 so, more people have been killed in the last two weeks. It's like, exactly. Yeah. Do you want to learn how to do a three way call hack? Like, yeah, exactly. <sighs> well, timing. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the police are out there going, if you fucking keep telling people we're killing you, we're going to kill you. I know. <laughs> it's like, uh, here's the thing about the police thing. I actually have worked for a police department. I worked. Uh, I work in training and development, so I was actually brought in to train police officers and, Mm -hmm. you know, with soft skill stuff, communications techniques and whatever. But one of the biggest parts of my job was that I had to do performance coaching with officers who had issues. Mm. Now, some of these issues were – actually, most of the issues – were excessive force. Now, again, mm-hmm. I worked for um, transit yeah. police. Yeah, I didn't think that they were like... You would think that, but you'd be wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, I obviously can't say like, oh, that's not real police, because it's real no, police. No, no, no. Like, here's the thing. Yeah. these This particular police department had all the certifications that every... These are real police. They can pull you over in the car. They can do anything they want to do. They yeah, actually found that had, one out the hard way. But anyway. Well, they, but they, and they do too, because they're like, I didn't think you'd pull me over. It's like, suck on that. Ha ha. But, um, but they actually had the higher level certifications that only a couple of police departments in the state had. So like, like the police chief that I worked under was very serious about making it a very good law enforcement office. Yeah. Now, that being said, you don't have to have a lot of qualifications to become a police officer. You really don't. It's like 60 hours of some sort of training credit. There's not much. So, a mm. lot of the people that I that come in and don't make it are people who can't always get a job doing other things. So, they become a police officer. Now, some people are amazing. They do great work. They are there to help the community. They do wonderful things. They are in control of themselves, whatever. Some people come into that particular line of work because they are bullies and they want to be Billy Badass and they want to do the things and stop the people and have power and control. Some of the people that I have to work with in the coaching capacity, one guy in particular, I had to say things to like, it might be a little excessive to grab someone by their weave for not paying the dollar there. Jesus. Uh-huh. And I was like, and they were like, yeah, we need you to teach them why these things are bad. And I'm like, here's the deal. <laughs> I can't really teach someone how not to be a racist dickhead. Like, I just... I can tell them why these things are bad for their career and how they can change their behavior to other options and how they can learn to communicate better. But if this guy is a racist dickbag, then that's not going to change because he had to spend 60 hours sitting in my office uh, listening to me 
tell him not to be a racist dickbag. Like, like, maybe there, how could we have done something better than this? And, you know, uh, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. uh, I mean, you hear stories about that all the time. And then you also hear stories about uh, good things that are happening. The problem is, is I I feel that um, maybe the culture has or I don't know how long, has shifted to be a, um, uh, where, you, where nobody feels comfortable, like, talking about excessive force in there, that that's not, it's not okay to talk about that type of mm-hmm. thing. And it's not okay to talk about uh, mental health or the fact that you're strained on the job because you're doing social work because the city cut the budget. Right. And so the cops have to take over. So I understand there's, there's a lot of things involved here and there's a lot of nuance, but um, I feel that we are also telling people that are good cops that they can't make waves Right. And because the culture has made it so that they're silenced for it. Well, they're getting fired. A lot of them are getting mm-hmm. fired. A lot of people have, you know, lost their jobs because they're standing up against the bad people in in their departments. Mm-hmm. And that's not okay. And that's yeah. a big part of the, the problem with, you know, again, I've worked in HR and training and stuff for years. And that's a really hard thing when you're saying, we want you to do good things. But if you come forward... With bad things that somebody else is doing, uh, you're making waves, and so you become the problem. It's like the whistleblower act, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to like have punitive things done to you because you have stepped forward in this capacity. Yeah. But look at the Edward Snowdens of the world. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. that's just not a thing. Like, they can say it all they want, but it happens all the time. And they'll make yeah. other excuses for it. This is why this was this. Your your paperwork wasn't done right. Or, oh, we're downsizing. We're eliminating your position. They can call it all sorts of things. But it's clearly retaliation. And it's illegal. You know, when we do our, like, um, our men rants. And mm-hmm. we say, you know, not all men. Right. Right. Because we know that that's the first thing that we hear back. Um, we, uh, we joke, you know. If you are the one of the guys that has to say not all men, that you you, are are, you men, probably yeah. are, you know, I I think that that um, is happening here because I think everybody knows and understands that there's a lot of people out there that are trying to do good and they're of trying course. to do good in law enforcement, but it's, it's there's something wrong, there's something broken. And, well, it's just um, like the the Black Lives Matter, right? And everybody's mm-hmm. like, all lives matter. And I've got family members mm-hmm. that spout this bullshit. And I'm like, here's the deal. It drives me nuts. All lives matter until there's kids in cages or refugees from Syria or blah, blah, mm-hmm. whatever. Um, but let's just say all lives actually matter. But the fact is, all lives are not currently in danger, right? And all lives are currently not equal. It's like, here's two children, right? You've got yeah. two children standing next to each other. One is choking. The other is not. Both of the lives of these children matter. However, one is in imminent danger and needs our protection. The other can wait. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, it, it's just. It, yeah. Mm. I, yeah it, it just it, it makes me sad, you know, and we're not like this crazy, like liberal podcast. No. Either. It's just that we're just, you know, enough is enough. What can we do? Mm-hmm. You know? We're out there. We're I'm telling trying. you, though, a yeah. lot of this stuff that's going on is really making me 
realize that a lot of people that I know are not the people that I thought they were. A lot of people that I know are not the people that they think like they are. Well, yeah, that too. <laughs> but it's, they it's think one that of those there's somebody that, completely. It's, out it's one of those. And I was telling, I was telling Paul this. I said, you know, or maybe I was telling, I was telling Jenny or somebody. I was like, you know, I feel like I almost need to apologize to certain people and say, I'm so sorry because I actually thought you were smarter than you are. <laughs> and I put an unfair expectation on you and that's not okay. Like I should not have put that smart expectation on you because some of the stuff people are saying is so incredibly stupid. You know, oh, when you're know. like, what? What do you mean I coronavirus know. is a myth? What? Like 126,000 people have died. Like what are you talking in, in this country? Not everywhere, just yeah. here. And I'm like, um, what? Like, and, and again, I'm like, maybe I should, maybe I expected too much of you and I should apologize for that, but I don't think yeah. I can talk to you anymore. You know, like I, can't I know I, I love be it, friends but... with you because, and it's, this is not a political thing. That's the thing. A mm -hmm. lot of people jump to, oh, well, I know. we should be able to have differences of opinion. We can. Here's the thing. I have a lot of friends that are conservative. I have a lot of friends that are way more liberal than I am. I, you know, fine. That's okay. But when you say and support certain things, it makes me realize that your moral compass is broken. Like, and know, that's something I can't, that's not political. That's you're a racist or you're, you're a bigot or, you know, whatever it is. You're not the person I thought you were. I am having a tough time with the, you know, you kind of mentioned it with, the, you know, this coronavirus. So it's, it's not... I assume that you're not stupid. I assume that you just don't want to deal with the facts. I like, I do this a lot. I, I give data to people and then they, they try and poke holes at it. And of like, course. you know, to, to make it so that it's not true that whatever the bad news, the data is giving them is. And while I can see the appeal of that. Right. Don't try and blow smoke up my ass and tell me that not wearing face masks doesn't help coronavirus. Now, it doesn't help the person wearing the face mask not get it from a stranger because they're not wearing a face mask. It's the opposite. We're doing it for you, you assholes. Mm -hmm. Get over yourselves. And you know what? Next time somebody gives you shit for wearing a face mask, start coughing. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, I accidentally... be fucking happy that you have a fucking face mask on. I accidentally coughed at the grocery store the first week, all of this stuff was happening mm -hmm. and this was before i adopted the mask i'll fully admit that i did not jump on the mask train right away because first of all most they were humans that? did not have masks i didn't like yeah. i didn't have one why would i, I do have i have one? it so when when i'm when i'm sweeping outside because i get allergies yeah but i didn't have one and this is yeah. before everyone was selling them by the way we are also selling them on our merch store if you want a nerdy bitches mask you can get one but <laughs> i'm just gonna pimp I've shit got all an, day i've got an untidy venus um nice mask coming um it has been coming forever our postal yeah. system is a piece of shit yeah um, i'm just talking about my local city one here they yeah. keep things for like 15 days it goes to the post office and yeah. 15 days later it arrives like yeah you're literally 
12 minutes down the road. You'll so. actually be able to buy that untidy Venus mask on our store as well. So, well, I already bought it. <laughs> I know that. It's, and it's somewhere but, in transit, somewhere. as it has been for some long time now. But yeah, but again, before we had the masks, everyone had them. Like, again, I was walking to the store. There are people in like hazmat suits. I'm like, what the fuck are you wearing? Like, it's just ridiculous. I was like, just stay away from people. And it's like, you know, but I'm like, if I have to cough or whatever, because it's Houston and allergies mm-hmm. are everywhere. Yeah. I would like pull my shirt, my T-shirt up like over my mouth and nose. So again, keeping my germs to myself. And I'm like, this lady is like, too close to me she's like right up on top of me and I was like in my shirt and I coughed and she was to jump back like 15 feet and just gave me the shittiest look ever I'm like well back off bitch like you (laughs) don't need to be in my fucking bubble and here's the thing I know everybody wants everything to go back to normal I would really like social distancing in the grocery store to stay a thing like I would really like this six foot thing and not stepping in everybody's personal space to stay. Because again, I got anxiety. I don't need you up my butt. I really don't. The only problem with that is you actually stop moving because some asshole stops Mm -hmm. and looks at everything for 45 minutes, stopping the person six feet behind them and then box the person six feet behind them. It's like, really? It's not that interesting. I I do go around them, but I'm also like turned like in the opposite direction, like my whole face and like half my body is turned. So I'm like, I, it's probably it's not that helpful, can do. but I'm doing yeah. it anyway. Because I can't I be mean, around like, these to, assholes. You can't just sit there and wait for them to pick out the best uh, assorted <laughs> crackers, <laughs> you know? Like there's only six boxes on the shelf. Pick one. Yeah. <laughs> Don't care. Yeah. All right. So here's our new uh, internet quote. Mm. Um, It's from... At Ruth A. Buzzy. It's got a blue check mark. So maybe people know who the hell she is. I don't know who she the is. The name sounds familiar. I don't Ish. know. But she says, uh, marijuana is legal and haircuts are against the law. It took half a century, but the hippies finally won. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that marijuana is legal in Texas. It's not. You know not what? That yet. will get us out of the recession, man. Mm-hmm. Just make a marijuana legal cross country. It'll, it'll but, be. I mean. Obviously, we need a vaccine. Get a vaccine and then make marijuana legal. Jump us yep. back out of the thing. Things go back to normal. And Heather's happy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get to have marijuana because it is a federal, it's still against the law federally. So, right. therefore, I'm not allowed to have it mm-hmm. for my work. Right. Yeah. It's Even like that's where the I'm thing. from. Like, they yes, sell it on the billboards and stuff. It's legal always- here. But if there's still drug testing for it, then it's, it's going to work. Yeah. 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 They, I mean, and they seriously drug tested me too. They cut my hair. That's so like, weird. Yeah. It's like, no, <laughs> no, thanks. Yeah. And like, it was just, it was a chunk of hair too. Mm-hmm. And like people with like short hair, they still have a chunk of hair, right? right? But they took my whole, like, you know, 12 inches of hair. You're like, like you, you need all 12 need inches you. of that yeah. hair. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so so everything's still a dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for a vaccine. I think that's the only resolution to this whole thing. I feel like um, the dumpster fire has been brought to the dump, and now the dump is on fire. Yeah. So we've gone beyond the dumpster, and now just the whole fucking dump is on fire. It's like 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 yeah. the island of trash that's off New York. Yeah, like that's on fire, but the wind is blowing everywhere, yeah. and we're all Speaking breathing though, it. 
positive. I, I do. Th- I do think that there is a lot of positive right now uh, with people really standing up for kind of what is right. Yeah. And um, now I'm not talking about the people that are standing up for their right to, to uh, berate Starbucks employees because nope. they're asking them to wear a Starbucks. I'm talking or a mask. I'm by the way, I gave that guy a virtual five dollar tip. I was like, Good. you know what? Here's your tip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <I don't>, stop <laughs> anyway but um uh i uh, but I, I think that not only are large corporations uh kind of standing up as well uh, even my corporation came out with kind of a statement and um um as long as they stand up behind their words right as right. long as um you know blue cross and blue shield put out a beautiful commercial mm-hmm. and in California. And so they had one that was cheesy, you know, about the quarantine and, you know, and then they did the exact same like music behind it. And they were just naming the people killed by police brutality. Mm-hmm. And then at the end it said, enough is enough is enough is yeah. enough. And it just, and it was so powerful. Mm-hmm. As long as we continue and we are putting our money where our voices are mm-hmm. and we're not just saying these things to say things because symbolic change, you know, people are like, Oh, it's virtual signaling or whatever the fuck they're saying now. It's like, you know what? Symbolic change is still some change. Right. And now the next step is beyond symbols. Mm-hmm. And what can we do to move forward? Um, there's, a, there's a lot that can be done. And the first thing can be done is you can go and vote. And if you're in a place where voters are being suppressed, maybe this is an opportunity to get to know your neighbors and uh, drive some people somewhere. Yeah. Right. Um, talking to you, Kentucky. Yeah, exactly. If if you have to, uh, I hope that they don't require that they go to the polling stations. Hopefully they have a early voting system where you can go to any polling station like they do in Texas. I'm so annoyed by the, you can't vote by mail. I'm like, but I can do my taxes by mail. I can get my tax return by mail. I can do also, I can do my census by mail. Like, yeah. why? So, oh, by, the, by the way, Mr. Trump, I'm from Texas or was, was from Texas. I voted by mail. You let me mm-hmm. wonder what's different about me. Mm. <laughs> All the people you're saying you won't let vote. <laughs> I think it's your blonde hair. putting it out there Uh, um so i just you know you were fine with that Mm -hmm. of course i mean there was a lot of you know well he's you know they're fine with it if beto didn't win so maybe not maybe maybe uh maybe it didn't work out (laughs) maybe they didn't get my vote (laughs) well that's that now you know why we have to deal with what we have to deal with yeah yeah you know uh, my sister actually said this because i was so upset about the voter id law so upset about it and she's like, why? Why do, you, why do you care that much? And I said, because this state in particular has done a lot to make sure people can't vote. Right. And this is one of those things. And they come up with a fake cause to make everybody stand behind it. Oh, people will vote multiple times. They'll risk a felony to add one more vote. Please. That's bullshit. And um, it's hard and so enough. That's you, why we I got have a 50, problem with it. Fifty percent of the population doesn't vote at all. Like doesn't bother to vote because they think their vote doesn't matter. Look at who's in yeah. the White House. Your vote fucking matters. Vote. Yeah. I don't care if you think it's a wasted vote. Whatever it is, go out and vote. 
Make your voice be heard. The first time I ever voted, I vote, it was when I was old enough to vote, it was uh, for a measure to get a bond to get a swimming pool. (laughs) That's all that was on the ballot. Like, I'm making my voice heard. I don't even care about the issue, but I'm I went voting. to the polling place and they're like, shit, it's election day. I guess it is. I guess I'm going to go. Yeah, I, I fully admit that I don't give a rat's ass about most local politics stuff. I know you're more into that than I am. I'm like, ah, whatever. But again, I should be. I should be more mm. interested. But to this point, I just haven't been. However, that's probably going to change because the world is on fire and we are not it's, open. I mean, it's what we can do. And mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like everything should be what we can do and not what we should do and what you're telling right. yourself you should do. Do what you can do and don't just – the only thing is, you know, what you can do is, you know, walk the walk if you talk the talk. But it doesn't mm-hmm. mean you have to do everything. And it doesn't mean that you have to be there for everybody if you're having your no. own issues, right? That's but, the thing. Like, my friends, yeah. I will stand in front of as a human shield. I absolutely mm-hmm. will for any of my friends, you know, any mm-hmm. day of the week. That's just the kind of person that I am. If somebody goes after my friends, I am – Usually, to my own detriment, the first one <laughs> to jump in front of the grenade. Uh, and usually, I probably make things worse doing that. But I don't care. I'm going to stand up for the people that I care about. Um, I can't be everywhere. And I can't be that for everybody. And I can't feel guilty about that. What I can do yeah. is what I can do. And I can try hard. And I will always try to do better. Yep. Yeah, I mean... And that's how, and that's what we should all be doing right now is like, once you know better, be better. And that's all you can do. Right. Um, but this, I have to be everything to every person. It will, it just drags you down. And we, right now we're all going through this. Um, yeah. and we're having an emotional issue and I am very proud of my country and what a, a lot of people are doing right now. And there's a lot of my country that I'm not proud of, mm-hmm. but I'm glad that, um, theoretically we have the right to do to protest mm-hmm. and um but uh i we also have the right to ask for the police to be defunded because sometimes some shit has to start from the beginning again yeah and people need to learn the meaning of the word defunded i know too. exactly they've They're been like, defunding your schools for a really long time and nobody it's, cares yeah police Man, in la we, are driving fucking lamborghinis like that's excessive <laughs> Well, and and if they're not driving on their job, they're driving tanks and shit down a sub- suburb street because that mm-hmm. feels like an appropriate use of funds. But whatever. Right. I'm um, like, are you the military? Did I? Um, yeah. Are we fighting our own country? I missed yeah. missed that. All right. So okay. if we're uh, if um, everything that we've said today is not going to get uh, everybody hating us, <laughs> I've added another one for an internet quote of the day. <laughs> Good. Here we go. It's from at Pajama Witch. <laughs> That's a great What name. if? Yeah, I know. What if the real passion of the Christ was graphic design? <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why I thought, thought that was hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to hell. Might as well. Let's bring y'all mm-hmm. there. So if you were, if you were, Brought down and your mood bummed out by our more serious episode, 
Uh, next time you can tune in and we will be doing our next book club episode, mm-hmm. which is going to be The Final Empire, which is Mistborn Number 1 by Brandon Sanderson. This is actually a Patreon pick from our Patreon subscriber, Steve, from the Nerd Cantina podcast. Uh, so yeah. yeah, it's. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty good book. So go ahead. If and you haven't it read it, you should start now because it's long. Yeah. It it's is long. Very, very long. Yeah. And then, but also we want to remind everybody, and we will probably be less heavy handed, even though I may have to mention our founding fathers' um, complicit problems with um, uh, recognizing uh, African Americans as Americans. Mm. But uh, Hamilton coming up. I still love it. It's still, it's still a great uh, I, show. I've never seen it, and I've never even listened to the songs. So. Yeah, yeah, you're. I'm gonna make you watch it yeah. twice because the first time you just appreciate it, and then the second time appreciate it some more with the songs. All right. So anyway, so get ready for Hamilton because I'm excited. Yes. Because I I'm very excited to see it. I keep sharing every Hamilton thing. I have the Hamilton app on my phone, and they have this like um, um, they have this lottery, and. It, at any given time, they'll say, hey, we have $10 tickets available. And I'm like, all right, I got to drop everything and drive to L.A. I'll be back. <laughs> got to go. Got to get these $10 tickets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, I so, am, I'm just not that committed to much of anything. So, Well, I haven't done it because I haven't won said lottery. Right. Um, but when I was in San Jose, I would have to drive to San Francisco. Now that I'm here, I have to drive to L.A., both of which take about an hour and 15 minutes. And it sucks. It takes me an hour and 15 minutes to get anywhere in Houston. Literally. It takes yeah, me, yeah, yeah. it takes an hour to get to Houston from Houston. Like it's just, yeah. it's very So big. pretend that exact same thing, except for, you <laughs> You know, you're still in the car, mm-hmm. but you're not actually moving because like, if you're mm-hmm. just drove there, I mean, maybe about 30 minutes, right? You're mm-hmm. just actually just not moving. That's the problem. That's yeah. why it takes that long. Right. It's annoying. Yeah. That's the thing. I will drive 20 miles out of my way to avoid sitting for 10 minutes. I really will. I know. So. I do that too. Yeah. I don't mind it. So. All right. Well, um, I guess that's what 2020 is. I yeah, mean, so I assume that uh, if this year keeps going like it is, that we'll have a couple more of these updates before it's done. So, you know, strap I, in, All folks. I know is anything positive that comes out of it should be happening because of the Black Lives Matter movement. And so, you know, God bless everybody that's been part of that. Mm-hmm. And continue to... Stand behind those words and remember those because we don't need to see more people get killed to, in order to keep it on the forefront of our minds. Yeah, that's, it's not okay. And, you know, yeah, yeah. enough is enough is enough. Yep. Exactly. So. All right. Well, we will see you guys next time. All right. Music provided by www.bensound.com, and please email feedback to contact us at nerdybitches.com. Craig, Craig, big spider, big spider.
actually making the podcast. I don't even know if I told her I was getting off the back <laughs> that's just totally making the podcast <laughs> oh, i can't handle it I, I, there is something in my body that is so afraid of spiders and it doesn't make any sense because they eat bugs like they're all happy but okay uh. so so a side note here um one day this past week i was outside at like three o'clock in the morning smoking a cigarette and the biggest fucking roach I've ever seen in my life, like, flew at the porch. Mm. And then it, like, landed not close to me. So I'm, like, just standing, sitting there. I hate roaches. Hate them. Terrified. And so then it flew away. But then it made, like, a 180 turn and came back and flew at me. And, like, you know, your body's like, well, I'm just going to hop up and go inside. <laughs> Except my legs completely decided to short circuit and gave oh. out under me <laughs> to, oh, the, no. to the point where I, like, fell sideways into the wall and, oh. like, almost fell and landed on my metal chicken that's outside. <laughs> so, like, I told my sister, I was like, listen, if I ever die by an impaling myself on this big metal chicken, you got to rewrite the story. Like, it needs to at least be a live chicken or something. Like, 